Welcome to Candid Christian Conversations, a show that challenges you to dive deep into the Word of God in order to discern today's most challenging subjects. Hello and welcome to Candid Christian Conversations. I'm Hank and I'm joined by Rick. Rick, how are you this time? Terrific. Hey, we're going to talk about uh, the transgender movement. I think it is a topic that is sensitive to a lot of people, but I think as with every topic, whether it's race or what have you, I think we just have to come in, be as honest as we possibly can be, and the cards will fall where they may in, in that aspect. Because I, I am going to be, you know, just honest about how I feel about stuff and my own experiences with uh, friends and, and things of that nature. So I think it is just... Um, something that the world is lacking right now is having open discussion. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of um, shouting and mob mentality. Like you, you have to think whatever I think, or there's something bad about you. Why, why people can't have certain disagreements and still be civil about it right. <laughs> is a, is a difficult thing to me. And unfortunately, even among Christians or people that call themselves Christians. Goodness, 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 goodness. Yes. As far as the transgender movement itself, do you have any opening comments on the overall idea? Yeah, let me break down. Andrew T. Walker is the guy's name. He, he's written a book on Christians in the, in the transgender movement, and I watched some videos of him on YouTube. And um, he explained things, and I, I'm not going to do as good a job as him, but they are important things because all these words are going to end up somewhere in our discussion. So maybe up front is a good place to define them. And one would be sex. Sex is your chromosomes. You're born, whatever you're born, even the cells of your body are different from a man and a, and a woman. So that's biological. It's nothing you can argue with about that. It's a factual thing. And then there's the idea of gender, which is really a social or cultural construct the way we treat things like calling a man a man or a woman a woman or identifying something like say the colors pink and blue with baby boys and girls you know that's not a factual thing but it's something that's popular in the thinking of our culture and then gender identity which is really a psychological construct and a more recent thing i never even heard that term like 10 years ago, I don't even remember hearing that term. And uh, that's the idea that you don't feel like what your body appears to be, a, per a person who says, uh, I feel this or that. And then there's gender dysphoria, which is actually, I don't want to insult anybody by using this term, but it's kind of like a mental illness. It's an uncomfortability with the body you're in that's either biologically because maybe your hormones or something in your chromosomes or it might be psychological and it's uh, different than transgenderism because transgenderism is when people go and take action to actually change the sex uh, as they call it assigned at birth and it's more of an ideological and philosophical field and not a reality of anything biological. You know, so I guess that's a mouthful. Right. But, but, it is. It, but there's different things there and how we approach those different things can be different. I think even in light of scripture and in light of 
how we treat people with love. Right. Do you happen to have any acquaintances or friends that are transgender? I have someone I know. Uh, we aren't that close. My wife is closer. Uh, my wife's good friends with her mother, and I and I know her father, and he is heartbroken. They had four daughters. They, she gave birth to four daughters, and one of their daughters uh, has decided that they're a man and actually gone to have the surgery and everything and, and has a male name now on Facebook and all of that stuff. But I've not actually met him. <laughs> so I, I I knew her younger days and um and she's gone through some things in life. She has a lot of issues. Right. I mean, not just this one. <laughs> of course. I do have a friend uh that, you know, someone I would call a friend that has gone through that surgery and stuff. And I really debated over, you know, how, how did I process this? Because when it's somebody you don't know, it is easy to say like, oh, it's this, it's that, it's, you know, you, it's easily to dismiss. Um, but when it's somebody that you know, you get along with, you care about, mm -hmm. it kind of takes on a different feel. This is a separate issue, but I would say homosexuality. I think the Bible is entirely clear that that's a sin. But being close to someone who's come out as being homosexual right. later in their life and loving that person and interacting with them and their partner, it sheds a different light. It's not abstract anymore when you know somebody. No, I had a brother. But it doesn't change, doesn't change my opinion. You have a brother? Uh, so he, do I. He's, this, he's deceased, but um, uh -huh. he, was, he was gay. And yeah. guess how many times we talked about his sexuality? Probably not at all. Zero. He, he never yeah. brought it front and center. He never made it a big deal. He never said to celebrate him, you know, for his choices or anything else. We just talked about what brothers talk about and loved each other and had a great uh, rapport whenever we saw each other. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So this issue of transgenderism uh, is it's a thing that's kind of becoming important now for a number of reasons. Some states are enacting laws which could affect a person, a church even, right. and some workplaces. I had training at work that I had to sit through watching a couple hours of videos that basically they made it pretty clear it came from California and had something to do with meeting the standards of California's um fair workplace, whatever, blah, 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 that they were imposing on us, like, this is this is how you deal with this situation, that situation. And they were to educate us about what was sexual harassment and what was the right thing and wrong thing to do. And they went to this thing of explaining, this is what cisgender means, which I'd never even heard that term. I, I still don't really get it. And I don't know anybody that's in that category. Uh, online, offline, I, I, I have no clue. I don't get it. And I'm just being honest there as far as that one goes. Right. But it was it was very, uh, it made people very uncomfortable at work. Me as a Christian, with some of the stuff that it said, it was basically telling me I have to lie in using a pronoun to refer to somebody because they want to be called that, even if they're clearly not that. Uh, I have a real problem with that. Like, <laughs> how do I deal with telling the truth Yet you want me to like affirm that someone is something that they say they are, that they're, that they're not. Right. If I came to you, Rick, and I said, I am a young white man and, you know, it bothers me seeing black people do this, that, and the other. 
What would you say to me since I'm black? I would ask if you've looked in a mirror (laughs) with our relationship, you know. I, I could ask you that. Of course. You can't delude yourself to pretend that you're something that you're not. Correct. And how far do we take this? You know, how far does this go when you think about, I have, you know, nephews and nieces, over 50 of them. And sometimes they want to tell me about their pet unicorn or their uh, friends with Bigfoot and, and stuff like okay. that. How far do you go with the idea of something that is not true? Well, we may indulge a a child in a make-believe whatever, because we assume as they get older, they're going to outgrow that. And we don't take that as a serious thing that they really, truly are going to be believing or that it's going to maybe affect their life later. Are they going to be, you know, (laughs) is it? It, it's something that it kind of maybe seems harmless to allow them to believe that rather than arguing with them about the reality of that, you know, imaginary thing. Now, if they ship off to college and they say they got to grab their pet unicorn out of their room, then. Yeah, some other people can be looking at them funny. And, you know, if they, they persist enough, they might, you know, might get institutionalized or something. But OK, on that note, uh-huh. how far do we go when we now have scientists? I sent you that uh, video. Yeah. Of uh, waffling Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's not real science, though. There's no hard science to it. Right. Uh, he, he actually was being more honest when he said, you know, maybe it belongs in that social category, sociology, rather than science, because there's almost nothing scientific about this whole idea that your brain is telling you you're something else. But gender is scientific. We can, we can prove gender. Yeah, you can you can go down to the cellular level and see that a man and a woman have different types of cells in their body. They have different levels of different hormones. They they have a different chromosome makeup. What does the Bible say? Genesis one. It says uh, Genesis one twenty seven. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. We've had that since the beginning. There's always been male and female. Right. That's the only thing I ever knew growing up. And uh, when I was a teenager, it was the first time I ever heard of uh, a, a guy that decided to become a woman, you know. Right. And I just thought that's like, but that's a case of like surgery and really changing and whatever. Right. That's not the, I'm going to dress up like and walk around, but I still have the other parts type stuff that you're running into today. And the really bothersome things. My wife and I were traveling recently and we were actually at a rest area and a man had an elderly woman that I think probably needed assistance. And he said out loud, I'll just go in the bathroom with you because it's okay to do that now. And my wife wouldn't go in that bathroom because she saw him go in and she's like waiting outside for him to come out because she didn't want to be in there. And then she asked me to stand guard outside and make sure no other guys tried to come in that bathroom while she was in there. Right. I mean, that's disturbing. That is very disturbing. And, uh, you know, he might just be reflecting what he's heard the president say or somebody else, you know, but I mean, that's just like, I'm like, you know, wow. It's just that that was bothering me. Now, we're called as Christians to love one another. We Amen. have to treat people with love. Yes. Jesus said, treat others as you want to be treated. So we don't want to treat anybody as an outcast. We don't want to 
call people freaks. We don't want to tell them, you know, how wrong they are, especially because if they're not a Christian, lost people doing something that's sinful is just normal for them. It's, you know, we, we correct a Christian because a Christian is supposed to not be living that way. And Jesus says, if you see your brother in a sin, you're you're supposed to correct him. He has a pattern to follow to try to call that person to to being how they should be. Can I bring up one, um, one scripture real quick, Leviticus four, two, it's, you'll get the context. I'm just going to cut it off there, but speak unto the children of Israel saying, if a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of my commandments of the Lord concerning things, which ought not be done and shall do against any of them. And then he goes on to say, you know, how you sacrifice to do that. But there's a clear distinction between doing stuff out of ignorance and then doing stuff that you know is just blatantly wrong. Yes, there there is a difference. This is where I think this transgender thing is wrong and unchristian in a way, is that God made us. We know that he, he's our creator, right? Amen. So if I say I'm not really the way God made me. I should be something else. I'm going to go have surgery to make myself something else. I'm in essence telling God, you made a mistake. Right. God, you didn't do it right. You know, I didn't turn out the way I'm supposed to be. Yet the God of the universe has created us with order. Now, sin is what brings disorder to the universe. The, the fall is what introduced imperfection. And since that, the genetic code that God made originally was perfect. Adam and Eve were made to live forever but until they sinned. And whatever genetic code they handed down deteriorated over time. But if you look at scripture and you go back, Abraham married his half-sister. His son and his grandson married their cousins. Right. It was not a problem at that point in time to marry a close relative. But today, you don't marry relatives that close because we know how our genetics combine. And if I got a bad gene, my cousin most likely has it too. And our child comes out with a deformity. Right. And when you see someone born with a missing hand, that's a deformity or Siamese twins, that's a deformity. Those are not normal. That We know what normal is, five fingers, five toes, you know, two arms, two legs. And if, if something doesn't come out right in the code in the womb and the child develops differently, we call that a defect, all right? So if a person is born and somehow their organs downstairs are not like they should be, it's not a mistake you know, that God made, it's a mistake of our sin, of our sin nature. It's a result of our sin nature. And there are very rare cases where, you know, someone has to deal with that situation. And that's not what we're talking about here. Those people are not necessarily a either making a conscious decision or B they have license to, because they were actually made that way. Right. It's actually a, a movement that is unhealthy First Corinthians chapter six and uh, last couple of verses get quoted a lot, but I'm going to read the whole section in the NIV. They give these little subtitles and they start out with the word sexual immorality. And it says, I have the right to do anything, quote, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. 
By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That's the right place for our bodies to be, is to honor God and to be treated as the temple of God, right? I even go so far as to say, you know, when you're doing all these piercings and tattoos and all these other things, you are also doing stuff cosmetically to the body. So if I go yeah. in and I say, you know what? I don't like this gut. I want to lose some of this gut, suck about, you know, five pounds off of there and stuff. Uh-huh. I am doing stuff, altering in an unnatural way. I mean, that's just the way it, you know, it's like artificially defacing, you know, right. what God gave you. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very strict. I don't know if you heard the episode me and TJ did on tattoos. Mm-hmm. Or not, yes. but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I just have that uh, mentality of when I read through scripture, it seems, you know, fairly clear to me mm-hmm. that certain things you're not supposed to be partaking in. But let me say one more thing before people run off the rails. What I said on that show that has right. nothing to do with your salvation, like your external Correct. whatever right. you could have no arms, no legs, no whatever, you know, you can do whatever you have to do or think you need to do and turn back around and be saved and be fine. And, you know, I taught a, a lengthy class where we actually read through all of the law that was given to Moses, every single word of it. And we discussed it and we went over things. And one key element of that is there's, there's laws of, commission and omission, right? There's there's things you're not supposed to do and there's things you are to do that God commands to. And that was under the law. That was to please God. Most of the things that they were told not to do was to differentiate themselves from the people of the land. And a practice of the people of the land was to cremate their relatives and give themselves tattoos using the ashes of the relatives as a form of ancestor worship, which is different from the way we do a tattoo today, unless you're tattooing a dead person's name on your body. But idolatry can take on many forms. And and a lot of people get stuff that they idolize, like, oh, I idolize this person or this object, you know, money or whatever they tattoo all over themselves. So one of the scriptures that comes up is uh, Deuteronomy 22.5, where he says a man is not to wear a woman's clothing and a woman's not supposed to wear a man's clothing. Right. Okay. Yep. And there's, it's only a simple instruction, but it calls it an abomination. And a couple other things are only a couple other things are called abominations. And that is a man lying with a man and a person having sex with an animal. Right. Uh, are called abominations. So there must have been some maybe sexual connotation to that dressing differently thing. Yep. But there's also was 
a common practice in that time to worship certain pagan idols by dressing as the opposite sex as a form of the worship. So that would be another reason to not do it. But clothing changes over time. <laughs> think of how the Romans dressed. Think of Braveheart and the way he dressed. And right. then think how we dress today and how we might perceive things. So is a woman today who wears pants sinning or is it because it's socially acceptable, at least since the 1940s or 50s, for women to do that, that it's not a sin because they're not really dressing like a man. They're dressing as a woman just happens that men and women dress quite alike today. Most certainly. In, in, in certain things, unless it's a dress-up deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> then it's different. If the woman's wearing a tuxedo or the guy's wearing a ballroom gown. <laughs> and then that's another place of someone being potentially ignorant to you know, what right. that is, the perception of that is. What is, what is the intention? Right. Um, I, I heard a podcast, well, it was a, a seminar that was done at our, our church's national convention. And the, the speaker works with people who have gender dysphoria and gender issues. And he talked about that some, sometimes a girl just feels like a tomboy. And for her to dress in clothing she feels comfortable in is not a sin because she's not doing it for sexual excitement or to defy God, you know? Okay. And I think that's a good, a good way to explain it and define it. But the idea that what's happening today with transgenderism, that's a scary thing is especially this idea that very young children are being told they can make a decision at a young age to basically mutilate their bodies in a way that we don't allow young children to buy guns. We don't allow young children to drink alcohol or decide to get a tattoo or even an ear piercing without their parents' permission. But we want to allow them to, you know, you've got nieces and nephews, right? How many, I'm going to be a fireman when I grow up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an astronaut when I grow up, you know, whatever they want to, kids think lots of things. And then a year from now, they may think something entirely different to just take a kid and start putting them on puberty blockers and doing things to surgeries to their bodies is it's disgusting. And it might result in that kid harming themselves down the road. Right. You know, th there are documented cases of people who go through the surgery thinking this was the problem I had in life and now I'll be happy. And they commit suicide later because it didn't make them happy. That wasn't the real issue, you know? Right. And the other part of that is my granddaughter's played softball for years. What if she's good enough in high school to compete for a scholarship? Would it be right for some boy to suddenly decide I'm a girl and he could swoop in and steal her scholarship because he can run faster than her and hit harder than her? That would be very unfair to her for all her years of hard work. My best friend has made the statement, and I'm starting to agree with the sentiment, that until women stand up to this kind of stuff, you know, where men are coming in and taking over their sports. And until women stand up, mm -hmm. then, you know, because as men, we're, we say something and it gets taken all the way to left field. You know, yeah. people have, somebody probably listening to this right now has forgotten that I have a friend who is <laughs> transgender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they yeah. omit the part of you still love the person and they just run with the part where you don't agree with it. Well, the idea of if, if I'm going to use the pronoun you prefer, am I doing that out of respect for your wishes, which would be a, a kindness and a proper thing maybe to do? Or am I affirming that 
I agree with what your decision is, you know, cause I, I don't want to render agreement with a decision I think is wrong, right? but it's not my job to argue with everybody about every decision they make that I think is wrong. Cause everybody around me that I love closely still makes decisions that are, I make decisions that are wrong. Uh, right. <laughs> you know? I was asked one time to walk of an acquaintance of mine down the aisle to marry her same sex fiance. And I, okay. I, I declined of, you know, uh, no, that's not happening. Yeah. And so you have that, have those sometimes tough conversations where you're, you're trying to convey to someone that I'm not living by my standard. I'm living by the standard that God has set or trying to live by the standard that God has set. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean that I'm thumbing my nose down at you and stuff. And as Christians, we are in this precarious position now to where anything we say that doesn't go along with the social norms that they're becoming is really, really to a point that is not fair. You know, if the roles were reversed, they would say that's not fair that you know, you've created all these laws to stop all this stuff. But then now on the same token, now these laws are pro all of this stuff. And now we can't say anything. Yeah. And it, it, it's a hard, it's becoming harder because there's some states that have actually passed laws that prohibit doctors from even trying to help a person to maintain the sex that they were born with when they say they want to change. They're imposing on them that the only option they have is to help them get the change. They're not allowed to counsel a person that maybe this isn't the best decision. And, you know, we, we need to, you know, if we know somebody, if, if someone, my, one of my grandkids someday decided they had issues, I would try to get them help. I would try to offer them the best advice I can and treat them with love, but I would try to persuade them not to make that change. And it's not unusual in development, I mean, we all are adolescents at some point, that you're confused about a lot of different things in life. And many people who have problems feeling uncomfortable in the body that they're in will grow out of it in a couple of years time. And especially if someone seeks counseling and says, you know, hey, I I feel this way. I don't want to change my sex. I just feel this way and I need help. And you can help that person. So that they're mentally healthy and they don't want to commit suicide and they don't want to, you know, do something that's wrong. Those people need to be helped. And to have laws coming in and trying to prevent you from helping a person in a way that they need to be helped is very disturbing. So a lot of this isn't biblical stuff necessarily, right. but but it's a concern for Christians because we, we want to speak the truth in love and and we want to, you know, be honest. What else is disturbing is that we now have big government that is pushing all of these agendas. And I don't think government was ever supposed to intervene in so many different areas. You know, a government, from my understanding, should be set up to regulate items from a federal, a state, a local level. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily try to legislate the bedroom and legislate thoughts and legislate opinions. And we're, we're just getting into this strange territory in which the government comes in and says, we'll fix everything. And then we throw a whole bunch of books on the law 
And in America, anyway, we have gone from a free society into this weird amalgamation of do whatever you want, but still follow these strict rules when it comes to taxation and and stuff like that and follow Mm -hmm. the science when it comes to a virus. But science doesn't apply when it comes to somebody mutilating their body. Right. Yeah. Our government was set up with a lot of our our original founding fathers way of setting things up. There was a lot of biblical stuff there that we've gotten far, far away from today. That's just my political opinion. <laughs> that would be a nice topic for another time. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, some, would, there's some uh, concerns about the founding fathers. And there's confusion between the mix of politics and Christians. <laughs> right. Most certainly. Most certainly. This conversation, I didn't want to have to, uh, you know, we're not trying to demean anyone. We're not trying to uh, uh, cast aspersions about all these different things. But we have to have some sort of line in which we say we either believe science or, you know, what what we could observe and we can observe being recreated. Or we're saying that science doesn't exist in certain facets and stuff. It's just getting so confusing now to try to uh, watch all these people tow different lines and then you're like, well, okay, well, where does it, but if I don't, you know, if I don't get this vaccine, then I'm not following science. But if I believe that Phil is Phyllis, then now I am following some sort of <laughs> science or something. You know what I mean? It's just confusing yeah. the heck out of me. I don't know where the line is. It's, it's a hard social time to be in. And I think we pray for our leaders, pray for one another for strength. I mean, there's, there might be persecution coming through this, oh, you know, yes. if it gets to a certain place. Uh, it, if they're mandating a law that says, you know, someone who clearly is not a man needs to be referred to with male pronouns, and I'm going to get in some legal trouble or lose my job for not lying, you know, I mean... Boy, that's a, a bad spot to be in. Yeah, it's a slippery, slippery slope. It's supposed to be a free country. Right. And and God gives us free choice, just right or wrong, right? We, right? we have to choose right or wrong, and we have to choose to be obedient. So let's obey by acting in love, but be cautious about you know what we might be forced to do with the way things are going. Right. Any final thoughts on this topic? I know we could go on and on and on. And I just kind of wanted to just have an open discussion, not really mm-hmm. tailor a message this way and that way and mm-hmm. shout down from the mountaintops or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those issues where it's like it's coming up a lot and it's in your face all the time. I, I mean, look at the Olympics with transgender athletes and stuff in the Olympics. I, I love watching the Olympics. I cringe at the idea that somebody going in the Olympics to compete as something that they weren't born as right. has an unfair advantage. I, I really think that's, I mean, there's a reason we ban athletes doing hormone shots for, you know, baseball, you know, so that they can perform better and whatever. That's kind of what it is with stuff like this. And it bothers me. So I just pray for those people. And I know, I know that anybody who's caught up in that is, it's not an easy thing, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not an easy thing to to come out and say, I want to be this way. But I know that biologically, our our sex is chosen by God when we're born. And mm-hmm. it's not up to the doctor to say, 
you're this or that, which is what they're trying to say now. They're saying, well, the doctor assigned me the wrong thing. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately, as nations stray further and further away from God, this is what you get. You get confusion. He tells you he will put you in derision when you start going away from everything and, and look at what has transpired in this nation in just 50 years. At the end of Romans chapter one, Paul is detailing things that will be happening. And, he, and he's talking there about the last days and about how people are becoming. And he talks about a lot of things being done different. And one phrase that's used there is inventors of evil. And when I was younger, I thought, well, what does inventors of evil mean? You know, like the people can just invent something evil. But now it seems we have, yeah. right? We're coming up with stuff we never had before. And some of it is evil. And, uh, and it's sad because remember our enemy is Satan. Our, our enemy, we're in a spiritual war, right? And he's the one that wants to do anything in your life to make you not what God would have you to be. Right. So if he can mislead you down this path so that you go through some sex change and get alienated from other people that, you know, might lead you to Christ, that's an easy way to, to steal somebody's soul, right. you know, get them down on the wrong path. And also tries to convince you that once you've done something like that, uh, there's no way back when there is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can go on YouTube and you can find videos of people that have found Christ yep. after they had changed their gender and hear great stories of how God can rescue you out of a lifestyle right. and not out of your past choices. All of us start out as sinners and we all have to make a choice at some point. And the things that might happen in our life can be different from one person to another. As I say, don't want to treat one sin worse than another. But. Right, 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 right. Um, although the repercussions from certain sins, God doles out differently in certain in certain just, just areas. Just like you can be forgiven for anything, but sometimes you pay a price that can be heavy for certain decisions. Right. You know, because we could go into Exodus and stuff or for if you're kidnapping or stealing animals, you know, the punishments when you're kidnapping people is different levels, pretty, That's pretty right. stern. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There are truths in that no matter what the sin is, you're sep you're separating yourself from God. That's it. Yeah. And that's the key. That is ultimately the key. But yeah. I just think that as a nation, we're going to have to have these conversations at some point. It can't just be, if you say such and such, we'll just delete it. Like this video, I'll bet, you know, I'm not a gambling person, but I would suspect that it'll be like when we talked about the pandemic, me and Raul and you, and, and that video just magically disappeared or, or what have you. I have a feeling that this one might just magically disappear. Oh, we'll see. We'll see, though. So the floor is open on this discussion. You know, where can, when and where can we have these conversations? When does science, biological science, you know, and then the mental state, when, do, where do we separate these things and stuff? We, we've got to have these clear lines of distinction in order to move forward, I think, with some clarity and some understanding. Yeah, I agree. Okay. That is going to do it for this edition of Candid Christian Conversations. What do you think about the transgender movement? We would love to hear your thoughts. Feedback at standfirmmedia.com. 
Just let her rip, but respectfully, please, because <laughs> we've tried to be respectful. So please be respectful. For Rick, I'm Hank. Until the next time, we're signing off. Have a blessed day. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe in your app of choice by heading to standfirmmedia.com slash subscribe. Stand tall. Stand fast. Stand Firm Media.